Okay, it's episode 52 of Hot Take from the Kitchen, and our guest tonight is Rick Houchin, who is currently filming us or taking pictures. So, welcome back, Rick. Thanks, man. That's what I do. Second episode this season. How do you feel? I know. I feel extra special. Good. Good. For those of you wondering, I promise you it's worth having him on the second time. <clears throat> I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was worth it, or we wouldn't do it if we didn't think it was worth it. Oh. It's always worth it to have Rick on. Well, if those, again, for those who paid attention to the recap, where we had our, Brad and I did a separate pod where we set our favorite pod of the year, you both landed number one. So it's not surprising when you think about it that way. <clears throat> I don't know what to say. I'm a little all choked up. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. It's always great being back. Thank you for coming. All right, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. It's mostly Facebook. Anyway, email is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And no emails, once again. Yay. All right, so we'll get into the Hot Take topics. And we will start off with... The NBA playoffs and the Warriors and the Trailblazers are three O Warriors and they're probably going to end it tonight. Yeah, that's really it. Could be done two things. One, do you think they win tonight? Do you think they close them out? <clears throat> yes, but yeah. I wouldn't be. I really wouldn't be surprised if Portland just won. Yeah, game. Well, I mean, <clears throat> with Iguodala out, could be interesting. And then the second thing is. Do you think that I did not think Portland would roll over the way they have? Where, like, Golden State would be as good as they have been without Durant. Iguodala got hurt. I mean, they have no Jarrett's cousins. It just seems like, yeah, wow. It's been a little surprising, but, I mean, if you go back to before Kevin Durant, it's how they were playing. Yeah, 100%. It's just... Me and Rick were talking about how you it would be su- it's surprising at how good they really are without Kevin Durant, the best player in the NBA. You just there's more flow. They got their identity back. That old swagger. It is tough when you have. <clears throat> it's the same problem with LeBron. It's tough. Tough when you have somebody that is, needs the ball to score. Obviously, that makes sense, but. <clears throat> When you have an offense that is used to flow, and now so we have somebody that's just going to take the ball and stop that, <clears throat> it's crazy. And they're even better on defense with other ones. Well, that does not surprise me at all either. It's still six, seven foot guy out there, but it is what it is. What I think happens, just my like I said. What I think happens is when Golden State's without Kevin Durant, Golden State knows what has to happen. And when Kevin Durant's out there, Golden State has to say, okay, Kevin's out here. We need to make sure we include him. Whereas when Golden State doesn't have Kevin Durant, they don't care about anything. They don't care if Steph shoots, if Clay shoots, if Draymond shoots. The only thing they care about is everything needs to be funneled to the basket where Draymond's not at. On defense. That's the only thing they care about. Everything else, nothing matters. 
who shoots the ball, who dribbles the ball to court. I've never seen Draymond Green dribble the ball to court so many times ever this year until just now. It's like, it's just how they are, but it's really, really weird. And, you know, when Kevin's out there, then you have Kevin Durant's kind of down there protecting the rim along with Draymond. Kevin doesn't like the contact. Like, Draymond doesn't mind. It's just a different team. You're right. <clears throat> the ball moves around so much more. Oh, it moves around so much more. It's beautiful basketball. Yeah, no, I agree. Like we said, like you take arguably the best player out of the game and they're playing better. It's hard to – How screwed It's even is, weird to say. Yeah, Kevin Durant's so screwed in down too because at any type of leverage he wanted to have by staying in Golden State, which, I mean, who cares? But, I mean, they're by far a better team than I am. So now it's almost like – I think the Lakers are the biggest losers in all of this because I think they really wanted to make a run at Clay Thompson. And now I think – it, Right? Well, I mean, why, why would it? Because now if you're Golden State, you can say, you know what, Kevin, go ahead. Go get all your money. We're just gonna... It's been a good three years. It's been a good three years. Clay, here's your three quarters of the max or whatever you do. Because he, he doesn't even care. Like, no. Clay Thompson's just like, eh, I mean, like, am I a max player? I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's weird. You give him three quarters of the max in a scaffolding book, and he'd be happy. That interview when he was in New York, and they're like, So, how are you enjoying? He's like, Yeah, I'm just looking at all the scaffolding. Yeah. He's a weird guy. Well, it's unfortunate. He knows his role. That's what he knows his role, and he knows what he's worth. And And I think it's one of those weird times where he's a son of a successful basketball player. So, He's not like some of these other kids where he needs the money and he was like, oh, my God, I need to – I mean, Clay Thompson was going to be all right even if he didn't make it in the NBA. So I don't think he's sitting there going, man, I really needed this $100 million payday. I mean, he just said, well, we're on my dad's portfolio that's already growing. It's just he's a different cat. Yes, he is. He's keeping the newspaper business and business too. So. Yeah. All right, and the other series is Milwaukee and Toronto, and Milwaukee is leading 2-1 after last night. I've seen some people call it the most boring double overtime game ever. I didn't watch any of it. Um, did you watch any of it? I watched a little bit, but listen, I got one thing to say. It's yeah. just it about that series is just – Kawhi's out of his mind right now. This whole playoff is just... Well, he could make the argument of being the best player in basketball right yeah. now. Really could. He's, he's playing out of his mind. And the fact that he's carried Toronto as far as he has, you you almost... As upset Toronto was about losing DeMar DeRozan last year, are you kind of like... Admittedly, mm-hmm. they had to go solve. So, I mean... Yeah. I mean, they're trying to keep him. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Rick brought up a great point when you were t- we talked about Golden State and how much they flow and that kind of watching that basketball kind of what's going on. And then you switch over to the other series and it's very two guys on each team just trying to do whatever they can to carry their team. It's, there's no flow to it whatsoever. It's, it's a different kind of ball. Yeah. It is. So what do you think? Toronto? Oh, I picked Toronto, but it's <clears throat> probably going to change to the Bucks. I think so. I mean, I, I want Toronto, but I think the Bucks 
just hang around and then they'll go on like a 20 to two run and put it away. Just, it's just crazy. They do it all the time. And it's hard to stop somebody who can do a one dribble Euro step from half court, <laughs> get away with it. So, I mean, it was legal by today's it definition. Is. I'm not saying I agree with it either, but I watched it five times at least. At one point on my phone, I like paused it and kind of scrubbed it with my finger. And I was like, that's not a travel. He literally oh, took, no, he took two steps. Yeah, he literally had that dribble, and then he kind of did this dead dribble with his hand. And then he you get that extra gather step, gather step, one, two, up. And I was like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Because you're right. He start, He picked his dribble up well past the three-point line. Oh. Yeah, so – or before the three-point line, I mean. So it's rough. But. All right. Play basketball is these days. All right. Hot take two is Game of Thrones. Series finale last night. I know Rick wasn't a fan. I thought it was all right. Listen – I think their problem the past two seasons was they didn't do enough episodes. Well, they had condensed yeah. seasons and they had to rush things and it just became a mess. But it was it was a mess. The last two seasons were horrible. This was the worst season by far, and they completely threw out storylines. The White Walkers, that whole you're going to talk about them for eight seasons and then you're gonna just end it with it was an entertaining episode don't get me wrong that i mean it was great because you didn't know who was gonna die or who wasn't but then at the end you're like that's it you're gonna talk about it for eight years and they have no effect on the outcome of the whole series well, the night king was a made-up character okay because it wasn't in the books okay but like if you're gonna put it on the show i know i'm just do something. And then last night, the way it all ended, you're going to have John's story, like an integral part of who ends up on the final throne and just completely toss it out. Nobody's even going to like question it. No, because he didn't want it. <laughs> but they didn't bring it up. It was just storylines were gone. And I think it's, yeah, partially what you said is just they had too many storylines and not enough time to do it. And it's like, you start leaving coffee cups and bottle waters on set. Nobody gave a crap at the the final season. They were just all done and ready to move on. And it was. I heard a great point was it kind of ended how season one ended. Like, you know, Sansa's in charge of the kind of in charge of North. Arya's off gone somewhere. Yeah. Snow's at the wall, and it's just kind of like this interesting like. Like, all they did is just season one all over. And so yeah. point, I was just like, well, I mean, that's really not the case. But I understand. I understand right. the argument. And, well, and I kind of agree. This isn't my, my um, original opinion. But they tried to make a happy ending in a series that never had happy endings. Like, all the main characters live. And while they go on their own different things, you know. I thought the problem they had you was kill people off throughout the whole season. Yeah, I thought their flaw was is when I got done watching that, I felt like oh they're going to do three spinoffs. That's what I felt <laughs> like. That, that's what I felt like they they wanted to do. They wanted to leave it open. It's like hey, we wanted to do a series of already exploring Westeros, but kind of Jon Snow's going to go and 
you know, north of the wall and then start whatever he's going to do. He could do that. And then we could do all these different things with it. And they didn't really tie anything yeah. off. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's how it felt with me when I'm watching it. I was just like, kind of like the walking dead. Like, Oh, now Rick Grimes can go do his own little thing here. That's cool. And, um, I don't know. George R. R. Martin should have finished the book too. I think that's your flaw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think they if they would have done more episodes the past two seasons instead of condensing them down to eight and six, they would have been able to tell the story more. Well, I don't know if it was the showrunners' fault or HBO. I don't think it would be HBO saying, "Oh, we don't want to make any more money." So. Yeah, because going with season six is a phenomenal season, and they did a full season of it. Let me ask you this. What would you have done more of then? Like to extend it out, what would you have done? Like, tell the story more. But I mean, I mean you I, don't. Everything felt rushed. You had a. That was my problem. It was some things felt rushed and they didn't tell the story more. They would have told more of the story of how Daenerys really turned bad. I mean, yeah, because that went completely against her character. Like, I was angry after that episode. She's just going to torch everything. This has not been her for the whole time, and all of a sudden you're going to flip. And then in the last episode, well, last night, they kind of backpedaled a little bit with a little section between her and John, and she's trying to. No, I it's I agree with you. Well, you then jump, she went full Looney Tunes then again. Yeah, because well, then she was like, "Oh man, we could." Just, I mean, yeah. I my whole point is, I guess I understand what you're saying, but my case in point of that would be at Marvel Endgame, where they spent too long explaining it out and made things run out too long, where you could have just really done it in two hours and made it simple. So I think there's a fine line to what you're saying. I I think you make a good point. They could have maybe if they knew what they wanted to do. So like, Hey, we're going to have Daenerys lose. Maybe they could build up her Looney Tune moments a little bit more. I don't know. It's great. that We're talking Looney Tune like this because that's kind of what we're going to talk about later on. So that's going to be awesome. I mean, they could have told more of the Night King story. So just, well, oh, he's he here. About, now he's dead. Yeah, I mean, th they're all great points. It just, it just needed to be told a little more, I guess. Yeah. Who was the one you were most upset about getting killed in this final season? And then who did you wish would have got killed that didn't get killed? If there is somebody. Or they didn't kill anyone this year that mattered. Nobody ultimately that really yeah, mattered. I mean, that you didn't know was already coming. Yeah, nothing like... I mean, Daenerys is probably the only main character they really killed off this season. And even then, you're kind of, I mean, the way they set it up, you're like, well, she had to die because of the way they wrote it. But there was no one where you're like, oh, my God. Not like the first couple yeah. seasons where you're like, what? I really thought they were going to kill Jon Snow. Yeah. I really thought that. I would have been okay with it. Wouldn't have been happy about it, but I would have been okay yeah. with it. It would have been fun. I really wish they would have killed Bran, but <laughs> I just couldn't stand Bran from season one. Really? Yeah. He just seemed kind of just like along for the ride. Yeah. Well, and to, ultimately, so to go with 
<laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, it's so good. Sorry. It's so good. Um, no, that's your, that's not your fault. That's mine for like, it's only taking it to another level. Um, I can't do this. Sorry. Um, it was like when we talked about in that, the war episode, like Brandon's just like, yo, I'm going to check out. I'm going to be over here for a while. <laughs> and then just boom. Which, again, I was okay with Brand checking out. Like, because that's what he does. But give me a reason why he checked out for like five hours during the war. Like, don't just let me know that he wanted to be the Raven and get some fresh air and then come back. Like, oh, by the way, you're a good dude. You're going to die. <laughs> Thanks for protecting me. Thanks for protecting me. Like, give me some backstory to, to that. You know, or like even the episode before that. Like, or the episode after that. It's like, Where's Brand Man? Like, you could have made the argument, where's Brand Man for the yeah. past two episodes? Then at the very end, hey, Brand should be king. Oh, all right. Okay. Guys. Yeah. But we called it on this pod a long time ago. Brand was going to be king, and we knew it. <clears throat> yeah. I, would, I didn't guess that. I'm like, no. Well, a lot of people thought that Brand was actually the night king. Yeah. We heard early on that. No one was going to like the ending of the Game of Thrones. Yeah. We heard that, and Brad and I were like, well, then there's going to be the king. That's <laughs> no one wants Brad. Yeah, so. Uh, Trivia time. Unless you want to talk about the other topic, best and worst. Oh, we could do that. You want to dabble real quick? Sure. Which brought up a great point. Like, is that the worst ending to a TV show you've ever seen? Or TV series? No. I was disappointed in it. But ultimately, I mean, they were still entertaining. I heard Seinfeld was like the worst ending. Seinfeld is up there. But that one, for me, when I saw it, I was angry. And I'm like, that's it. But now that it's had time to age, it's... It's genius. I, See, I think it's... That's how I feel about The Sopranos. Yeah. At the time, I was angry and wanted to put my fist through the wall. Give me a couple years on it. Yeah. Now I'm like, how fucking smart yeah. is David? Freaking yeah. genius. Yeah. That slimy son of a bitch. I think the worst has to be seen elsewhere. I don't know. Seen elsewhere. The whole thing was just this... A snow globe? Yeah, the, the autistic kid. Yeah, yeah. snow globe. Yeah. That's probably a good fare. So, best ending. I really think it's the Sopranos. Really? I'm going old. Old. Cheers. Cheers was a, Cheers was a good ending. I never really watched Cheers. Yeah. It was it's a little before my time. Yeah. MASH was pretty good. MASH was a good one. Yeah, I don't, Like, I don't ever remember that one. Watching that, I was young, but watching reruns with my dad and stuff and then seeing it, that was a good ending. Yeah. Hmm. You ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yes. That was like a guilty pleasure. That was a worst, uh, one of the worst endings ever. Yeah, because they rush through the whole story. They run. You're gonna have the mother on the final season and show her, and then the whole what was that on eight years, nine years, or something? Yeah. The whole time, the two main characters break up and get together and break up and then get with their best friend and then. Final episode, you're gonna kill off the the mother and have the other two divorce, and then you're gonna pair them. It was it was horrible. Yeah, I 
It was pretty bad. What did you think of the alternate ending? Have you seen the alternate ending for How I Met Your Mother? It mm-hmm. floats around up there. I and I don't think the mother still dies, but Ted doesn't end up with Robin. I don't know if I've seen that. I was so upset with it. I'm just like, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I don't know. I know this isn't popular, but I like the Lost ending. I gave up on Lost after season three. I can't remember the Lost thing for the life of me. Well, they were in purgatory. Oh, yeah. And then Jack dies at the end as the plane flies over. I liked it. I mean, I liked Lost, the whole thing. Yeah, you you were always a big Lost fan. They had me for three seasons, and then I couldn't do it anymore. I think it was like season six that lost me. It was right it started getting like Egyptian hieroglyphics and everything. It was like crazy show. Yeah, like <laughs> just I don't mind time hopping, but when you start watching, you just like for me as a person that just sometimes like kind of half watches something and half doesn't watch something for it to be like, what the f- where are we? Who's like, what time period? How's this person alive? And then it just, yeah, you definitely age, have to pay full attention. It doesn't lend well to my ADD at times. So. All right. Another good one was Friday Night Lights. <sighs> Friday Night Lights. What's I didn't thing? care for that show. You're from Ohio. Of course you Because I'm from Ohio. <laughs> That's right. your answer to everything. <laughs> you should see Mr. Hamilton in our studio. Uh, studio. He's wearing a, a Brohio Cleveland Indians hoodie and a Michigan flannel hat. I'm, I'm a man of many layers. <laughs> He's an onion. Yes, <laughs> you are. All right, we'll move on to trivia. And last week's question is was which local state park is home to one of the 50 remaining examples of forested wet swale communities? And Steve's guess was Rockport, which was incorrect. You have that? Say that whole thing again, this time a little louder. Please. Which local state park is home to one of the 50 remaining examples of forested wet swale communities? Nagelgun. No. Yeah. Thompson's Harbor State. Oh, and I still don't know what a forested wet swale community is. You know who we could ask? It's kind of her job. We could. I have to ask her one day. And this week's question is the Alpena County Courthouse is noted for its blank architectural style. Should be kind of an easy one. So, find out the answer next week. I don't know what a swale is. I know now, but I like the idea of having my gun in the future to maybe answer that. We can give her a heads up and then she can nerd out for us. <clears throat> It'll be fun. Sounds good. So, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to do it in the layers since we're a full ogre episode now. So. All right. Um, 
So we did a thing. A thing. A pretty big thing. I, I guess I didn't realize how big it was until I started reading the, what we signed up to. And then I was kind of going through it all. And I was like, wow, it's a, a decent sized thing. Yeah, look at that. See, we knew. Yeah. We'll just let her nerd out later. It'll be good. So Rick and I applied for summer view at Arden Loft. And we didn't know that it was, we were graded. First of all, we didn't know we were getting graded. I just thought it was kind of like they voted or something. I don't know how yeah. it worked, but um, you have to, what do you have to be? 85? 85. Yeah. 85 out of 100 to get in. We scored a 93. Yeah. Hmm. So, Good for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you keep slipping on money. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy things happen. Bribe and get you places. <laughs> yeah. It helps when your name's on the wall. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, yeah. So maybe it did, I don't, did that have a factor? I don't know. He says it didn't because it was an impartial panel. People didn't even know about who it was. I said that's not true because some of these photos, everybody knows who does these guy named photos. But <laughs> my Instagram. <laughs> I know. But nevertheless, we concede and we made it in. Good so, for you. So it starts this Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. And it goes all the way to September. Yep. And there's something else coming up in September we're doing. Yes. Are we going to partner up for that? Yes. We should partner up for everything. Yeah, it's fun. So since we're, what we're going to do is pile in two sections. So the first section is we're going to do a little of this photo stuff, which we don't want to have bored people on, but we did nerd out. And the second half is Rick's got something coming up this week we're going to talk about. So, But in the first half, I wanted to talk about one. So we got into this thing, and then the party itself is until the June because Art Walk is the end of this month, and Justin didn't want to take away from that. So he actually pushed it to June. So there will be a reception. You can come. It's going to come in. Anyway. I know. Yeah, no, can. Awesome. <laughs> and then, so there'll be that. Um, and I'm sure there'll be other artists. We were up there. We were amazed at some of the stuff that last Friday. It is crazy how many talented artists are in this area. And I don't think two things. One, that enough people get their work shown so it's great like what justin and his crew is doing and two i don't think enough people know the quality of you know artists of all different types are are here so there's a go to those art walks man go to those art walks there's a painter here in town that is i mean that he's got up there it's unbelievable and we were i was looking at it's like geez beans like, we almost put our photos in the back of the car and just drove yeah. <laughs> off. Because we were like, this is annoying. We don't need to be a part of this. Painting. I just point my camera at something, do a little editing, and print it out. And, <laughs> hey, that's great. And we're talking massive, yeah. like, half your window scale paint. Like, anyways. The guy with the colored pencils up there, too. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Lovey, that's right? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's next level, too, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Unbelievable. You think that's a picture the way he does yeah. that? It does look really realistic. And you, I know that sounded dumb, but... It's, no, it is. If anybody hasn't seen it, then it's got to know. you got to go see it. So these, I mean, these art walks, that's the way to see them. You, I mean, these art walks are great in our community, and um, they're doing one every month, right? Last Friday of each month. Last Friday of each month, and it's, it's great just to... 
go downtown, have dinner, have drinks, meet with friends, go get ice cream, walk from spot to spot to see all the different um, types of art. And last year, I believe they had like music, musicians out on, on the corners here and there. It's really, really great thing, family friendly thing. And yeah. I think we're going to try to do it, right? We're going to meet up. Or are you busy? No, yeah, I'm going to be there. I think Don, your neighbor, who's not here right now, wanted to uh, get together one weekend and like do like an urban blitz shoot. Yeah. And then I was like, well, let's do it on the art walk. And he said, sounds great. So I don't know if you plan on doing it this one or one soon, whatever. But um, I think that would be fun. And he was like, yeah, let's get, you know, everybody drag out their gear and let's get crazy, which is always fun. So, Um, but this brings up a great point that I want to talk to you about since you're here. We loved your photo walk. Yes. The people want another photo walk. All right. So, um, I don't know if you thought about it anymore. Um, actually, we um, Megan, I thought about it last week, and it's on my list. So you're gonna put me on the spot here, and yeah, I'm gonna. We originally <clears throat> said sometime at the end of June, we gotta um, look at the schedule. I don't want to go over art walk or anything like, or the, yeah, the art walks. But yeah, okay. This week, I will let you know when we're going to do it. I think it's yeah. interesting because there's. I know we've talked about locations, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, we've we've talked about uh, Starlight area, for lack of a better term. We've talked about different parts of downtown because downtown is so big. Talked about like, the break wall area, yeah. so it'd be interesting. Um, and feedback, right? So, like, if anyone listens to which I don't, I mean, we get enough listeners, but if you're listening and you're like, man, hey, I really think it'd be cool to do an area. And that's what we got when we had lots of good feedback from our last one. And I was surprised. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how many people actually um, showed up to the very first one. And with with minimal um, advertisement and promotion of it, we ended up with over 20 people and they just came and had a good time and just in that general downtown area. Um, we got some good feedback about just going to different places in town and different ideas for, um, I think we played like a bingo card, but different ideas to draw out different types of creativity. Um, my bad, just different things and, you know, different projects kind of started up and just kind of got pushed to the back burner. But sure, I'll look at the end of June again. Yeah. I think it would have another thing for those three listeners we have or whatever, but um, it'd be cool to like, you know, I know the South Corridor is trying to really, yeah. really push hard to develop their area, you know, and all these other, a couple other organizations, let's say Rotary, for example, because you have Rotary Park and all this. So any of these organizations, for lack of a better term, or whatever, would say, hey, you know, why didn't you just say, hey, why don't you focus on us a little bit? And we can kind of focus on them. Because um, I know we'd be down for that. You know, yeah. for the right, you know, idea and everything. So it was fun and I enjoyed it and I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, I want to keep the the community and camaraderie portion of it. So I think if you meet somewhere and you let people go to south of town and then you let some people go to the island park and then some people go to the to the break wall, it, 
everybody ends up doing their own thing and sure you're taking pictures, but you can do that on your own. If you want to just go take pictures on your own, great. But this is, um, I'm trying to bring people together so that they can interact with people that they don't know or interact with different skill levels or just talk. And, um, so doing things together is where I'd like to keep it. I know Jeff, fairly close. Jeff seems to really have gotten a good push from us. You know, Jeff is like, on fire. Right yeah, now. I think he just got a good book. And Brad, too. You know, I know yeah. Brad enjoyed taking pictures, and it seems like he's pushed a little more from yeah. him. I don't know whether it was just Griff, especially. Griff's another Griff, person. Yeah. You know, Griff's really taking a lot more photos. So I think it's what you wanted it is working, and I know you don't want to lose that. Yeah. So that is, a, I, I agree. I think it's an important thing. You know, it was fun to walk around, and we passed Ann and Karen when we were walking in, like, hey, guys, you know. So, um, I think you're right. You want to keep it. You don't want to let everyone get too far along. Yeah. And so. Cool. So you got me on. You got me on. By the end of this week, we'll we'll have a date set. Yeah, I like it. I recorded you. <laughs> you want to talk about the other thing that we did this weekend, or you did that we were just there? What? <laughs> you can say. So, uh, you got engaged. Friday night. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was uh, yeah, nerve-wracking. It was time coming, you know. We talked about it in a while, but to plan. The amount of planning that went into this 30-second well, proposal. That's how it should be. And then changing plans and then canceling those plans and changing plans and making more plans and this and that. And, um yeah, it was it was good. And for those of you that don't know, Brad and Steve were hiding in the woods, just for moral support. Just for moral support. It's a bit creepy. And uh, that's what friends do. When, I know it was it was a good time. Friday, yeah, Friday up at um, Presqu'ile Sunset, looking out across North Bay, and cold as all get out and. Windy, and I think Meg knew it was coming because whenever I go take pictures, um, that's how I got her up there. Is like I wanted to take sunset pictures, and she's like, "Sure," um, but whenever it's cold, she always goes back in the car and waits and just lets me do my thing, and I never argue. And this time, I was just no, no, no like wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer, and I keep looking at my 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 phone because i'm like nine, i knew nine o'clock was sunset and then i told you 901 it was happening and so i'm looking at my phone and she's like what are you doing and i'm like nothing i'm just looking to see when sunset like is. steve's like, supposed to text yeah. me i know and then i'm like taking pictures and timer and all this and just playing and she knew and um but ultimately um it still was a really good thing she was happy and then um she did like all the happy screen i know yeah like 30 seconds after i see two guys sasquatching through the woods and pop out and well so <laughs> let's 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 deep dive in this right so that's why i think people would enjoy this so rick as just said rick and i corresponded throughout the day and in true you fashion you're like it's not a big deal i don't want you to change what you have going on and I was like, and Brad and I were like, no, we're going to do this. Like, whatever happens, we're going to do it. Whether, you know, whatever happens or not, we're going to be there. So um, we had the Boys and Girls Club dinner that night. Yep. So 
I think I last heard from you about five o'clock ish, give or take an yeah. hour. And you said nine oh one. It's happening. I was like, okay. So then I guess throughout the night I would text you and I didn't really hear from you, which is fine because I knew you were like prepping for the night. And then it's about it's seven forty five. And I'm like, hey, we're gonna head out about eight fifteen. Well, of course, you don't have, well, we don't know. I guess we knew, but we were thinking there's no cell reception now at no, Press Gale. No. So, like, and you were like, hey, I'm going out. We both said each other text messages that neither of us ever received. So, we get, I get out there and I tell Brandon, we, had, we drive off there. I'm like, I'm assuming he's either going to be parked at the lighthouse or at the end. I go, but we have to park where we can't be seen. So, we're going to park by the lighthouse and we'll just, or over here in the corner, we'll walk in. So, we're walking in. And I finally see your, your car, and I was like, thank God. Like, at least we know he's out here. So then we start going down the window, and I look at Brian, like, I have headlamps and flashlights. Don't worry. Like, I know where we're going. So we get around, and we're like, we're like talking. You know, we're yeah. not like loud, but we're talking. And I was like, oh, and we like walk right up onto you guys. <laughs> we're like, oh, shit. So we pull, <laughs> jump back. <laughs> we're like, we caught you guys just to like you were here right? just to do it. You were old hands. We're like, oh my god, we were screwed this old guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're both kind of back. And we're both kind of like trying to creep and see what's going on. And we're, we went far enough back we couldn't see you guys at all. But then we heard we heard her scream. So then we're like, well, that's you're a good thing. You're bad. It's either Rick Ryan or Megan and Matt. One of the two. Give me class or what? <laughs> so then we started creeping up. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. So it was good. It was good. It was worth it. And um, you know, the, you you would appreciate this. You you practice things, and you have what you're going to say, and it just comes out as mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I had a whole yeah. big speech for Allison. I don't know if I ever told. I think we maybe touch base on this, yeah. but um, we got married on the death. Or I asked her to marry me in Dallas. And I had this whole thing, long thing I wanted to say to her, and nothing had worked out. The whole thing was just absolutely not working out. And we come into this spot, and I finally was like, okay. And I get down on one knee to start saying what I wanted to say to her, and she starts running away from me, like backing <laughs> away. And I'm like, no, you have to come back here so I can say something. She's like, no, what are you – like, I mean, Allison knew what was going on because, like, what I mean by that is – Back then, we didn't have a lot of money, and we don't have a lot of money now. But like for me, it's take what I mean. She knew that this money that I had saved up for a ring was now gone, yeah. so she knew what was going on. But I mean, like she didn't know at the time because um, at the time her mom was living in Dallas, and she would come home on the holidays. So I told her I wanted to talk to her parents before I asked, and her mom was coming home at Easter, so she just automatically assumed that okay, Easter maybe sometime after that. Well, I did it all beforehand, so when we were able to go down there, it all worked out. So she at least was a little bit surprised, but as you know, yeah. that ring burns a hole in your pocket after a while. <laughs> so, and that, well, that's what how it ended up on that Friday. I'm like, we're planning, you know, you, you get summertime and weekend after weekend is full and you're doing this. And I'm like, it's this Friday or it's going to be in July. I got to get rid of this thing. It's I've, I've held on to this since... January, waiting for her parents to come back to Florida to talk to him. And then I'm still scrambling because I didn't talk to her brother, Holden. So I'm calling him at a half hour before Meg gets home. I'm like, hey, let's meet. And he knew what it was going to be. I mean, and so it was just, it was the right time and it worked out. And 
um, no date set. I mean, we'll figure it out. And it was just, um, it was the right time. <coughs> Which is a beautiful segue to your next. Yeah. You are. Yeah. All right. It's time to get going. Sure. Assholes and elbows. Time to get working here. <coughs> Do we need to bring back another slam on the table? No, I like okay. my tables. So okay. Maybe a white one. Like a, little, a little plate pounding. It was good. Good news right. for our listeners. We won't give it. But we have a couple candidates. We've been working it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm hyping them up. We've been like um, I would think it's like a little jabs. All right. So tap tap tap, tap tap. We're ready to throw a punch. Get in there. Really? Yeah. We're gonna have to discuss this one off air. <coughs> we'll take a break and we'll talk about it. All right. What those things are are back in the days when a whole bunch of water was in the area and then they flooded out and then they created these little separate, not necessarily sinkholes, but they're pools yeah. that still have all this lake life in them, but they're really are they're ponds now, but that aren't supposed to have lake life in them. I think that's from my understanding from hmm. right. so right. Thompson's Harbor is the only one apparently in the area. According to Mary Beth, yes. What is she even doing? Crack team of researchers. She would know. Uh, you recorded us. I did, yeah. That's okay. We say so I thought we were going right into no, it. No, I didn't start mad. It was good. No, we're, we're just trying to find an answer. <clears throat> I'm going to have to go up there again. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Art and Loft. Thunder Bay Theater is doing their third uh, Let's Talk um, panel series. Uh, first one was uh, Black History Month. And offered an opportunity for the whole diversity. <clears throat> uh, the second talk, which was back in the beginning of April, I think. Because we didn't have, no, end of March. March. Yeah, so, I, excuse me, end of March um, was women's. Um, and it offered a perspective of um, just maybe uh, women's rights and equal pay and a whole bunch of other things. Um and that was the first chance I had to go to because um, the first week was during the Rotary Night. So we're on the Bay, so I was able to make the first one. This Wednesday at 7 is uh, Mental Health Awareness. And I made sure with Jeff before I went ahead and said this tonight, but you will be a speaker on that panel this Wednesday. Yes, I will be. So excited. Arms. Um, I guess people aren't privy to like all our text conversations, that's why they're where they're at. But <laughs> um, I know that you and I both have um, dealt with all the different pressures we face in the world in different ways, leading at each other, obviously. Yeah. And um, it can be really hard. To, I think one of the things that seems like you value that I've learned and I really appreciate you from is the need to, um, especially you forced me to kind of confront it um, it's been a very kind, gentle way of unplugging, you know, not only from just like from technology, which we hear so much about, but more like life, like in just the life I live, like uh, trying to make sure I please people and all this other stuff. And um, 
I think you do a really good job of speaking to that. And I know you have thoughts of that too. So, yeah, I, I do. And, um, well, so, you know, May is mental health awareness month and, um, not to get too in depth right now, but we've all got a story and you've got a story and I've got a story and, um, people will ask, well, what do you have to bring to this panel? And, um, I've struggled with issues, you know, and some serious, serious issues. And um, they ebb and flow, just, you know, like we've talked about before. And one of the biggest things that uh, I hope to come out of this is that it is okay to talk about these kind of things. And um, it's okay that as um, just individuals, but more speaking for myself and the guys at this table, it's okay for men to talk about this. And as grown adult men, um, sometimes we feel like we have to keep these things in or we can't be viewed as being weak or, um, you know, mental health is getting better, but mental health um, issues sometimes, you know, just seem to be brushed off to the side, like you're just being dramatic or, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not sick. And so we're scared to seek help and they compound and get worse and worse and worse. And then some very serious things happen. Well, I think but, you <clears throat> hit that right on the head. Somehow, I don't know where it happened along the line. I'm not, I don't want to place blame on anyone or anything, but um, you almost get ashamed to have certain thoughts and feelings and things at least as for a male. And, um, like, I can't be weak. I have to be strong, et cetera. <clears throat> I pick on Brad all the time for crying, but I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, as much as I do that, you know, kind of a fun of him way, it's one of my favorite things about him. <clears throat> Maybe I don't tell him that enough. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I know for me, and you can ask Allison this, I never used to cry at all until my mom died and now I can cry at a drop of a hat. It's just like something happened inside me the day that happened and now like I can watch a commercial and I can just start crying. I can listen to a song and just start crying and it's been um you know it's just crazy how something like that can what do you want to call it trauma or how yeah. it ever affects you. Yeah. Um how it can really truly affect you. So we go um and I'm not an expert by this any of this stuff by any means. It's just one man's story and what he went through and, and uh, my story and what I went through and all of the stuff that I've learned and people I've talked to along the way to try to help me um, through some very serious things. Um, we go through different traumas in life and it all just builds up and at some point you just can't deal with it anymore and it lets itself out and it lets itself out in horrible ways and it ruins friendships and ruins marriages and ruins um, careers and lives and things like that. And it takes a while to kind of um, get back. And what I hope by telling my story is from the outside in or from the outside um, some of the happiest people or some of the people who seem like they have the career and have the family and have the house and have the nice cars and kids and retired and doing what they want to do. Some of the happiest people are struggling with some of the worst stuff that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I want people to realize that one, you know, you don't know who's standing in front of you in the coffee line. So one, be nice to everybody, but two, um, those people that are struggling, it's just, hey, it's okay to seek help and tell your story. And I, for the longest time, like I had everything. I had everything that most people want. And why was I not happy? Why was there still something wrong? And it's nobody's, trust me, most people know my story. It was nobody's fault um, individually. There are certain traumas that you go through from as a kid and leading up to, you know, in careers and family members passing away. And it just all, and if you don't deal with it, wheels come off and next thing you're wishing you were dead. Yeah. I think it's incredibly courageous of you to share your story. Um, I think it does a whole bunch of things. One of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, when we, you know, our greatest fear one. Yeah. And when we let our light shine, we subconsciously give permission for others. I think you portray, and this is meant to be a compliment when I say it, you, you do a good job of portraying yourself as a, a masculine man, a man that has his shit together and put together. Um, and, and it's unfair probably for me to sit there because I know you as a friend. So I know some of those moments where people have thought, just like you said, where you've, like, man, you know, Rick's awesome. Some of those days that were, you, you were just the most worst, you know. Yeah. And um, I just think it's kind of just super courageous of you to come forward and do that because I think that's part of the problem we have right now is when we do, like, when you, in your situation, and like you just said, when you seem like you have everything and you feel like you shouldn't feel that way, I think those are the moments you, that you struggle with because, um, you know, like if you, you know, you have the house, you have kids, you have a dog, great job. And you're like, why am I so happy when you, you know, people would kill to be in your shoes, to just give up anything they could to possibly be. And yeah, that's it. And it's hard to, you want, you know, you should feel grateful, but you're not feeling grateful. It's hard to deal with all mm-hmm. that. And, um, I know I've been there myself. So. And we're not all the same. We deal with trauma differently and we deal with you know what i can't grasp brad or you might be like man what's your you know what's your what's your problem or i might look at you and go man this is a no-brainer you know why why are you struggling with this is we we're all individuals and we deal with things differently and um telling stories though is, is the way to kind of help remove that stigma and you know telling um some scary stories not saying that it's going to come out wednesday night but when you tell scary stories of alcohol and pills and suicide attempts and it puts uh it puts a a real life um gut punch in it and you're like oh my gosh it was you i mean you struggle with that and Okay, well, if you seem to have it all together and you were in that deep of a place, maybe, you know, what I'm dealing with is okay to go get help with. And sometimes it's hard to put into words, but. Yeah, or talk about talk it. Talk about it, yeah. yeah. And I think yes. that's to me what's so courageous about it is it's not putting yourself out there, which you are doing, which I think is awesome, but it's 
you subconsciously saying, you know what, I'm going to start the conversation. And I know, I know you very well. You, you'll happily just kind of say, hey, I'll start it, and then I'll back off, and I'll happily listen to everyone. Um, but I think it's super awesome that you're willing to, you know, to share the story. Um, you know. I've held it in for a while because you just—it's not a—it's not a great conversation piece at a party, you know what I mean, yeah. or whatever. And it's just—it's got to be the right time. And um, I've never ultimately been super comfortable starting the conversation but for the most part i'm an open book if somebody comes up and they just start priming i'm like sure i want to tell you but i'm going to be honest about it and i'm not going to sugarcoat what happened and you know there was a period of five six years where i was a horrible person just because i was in a horrible place and lost friends and you're still trying to repair relationships and um not to make any excuses, but there's it's just painful to talk about when you look now and you're like, man, that's not, that's not the man that I want to be, but that, that wasn't me to begin with. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'll talk about it all you want, but it's just a tough one to get started and in the right atmosphere in the right venue. Um, yeah, it's a good one to get going. It's unfortunate too that, for those of you who don't know, you spend a significant amount of time in the military, and one of the things the military force you to do is compartmentalize. You know, you have to be able to say, "Hey, I'm doing this over here. I'm blocking everything out. And then I'm going to do this over here. I'm going to block this and so out." So it's unfortunate when we talk about some of these things because sometimes, while compartmentalizing can be good, can have a lot of positive things. Not all the times it's not all bad. not always good. I mean, I, I tend to do well at compartmentalizing as well. And it's for the same reason that I still haven't fully dealt with my mom's passing. It's just because I'm really good at just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to put it in this box. I'm going to come over here and every once in a while it kicks open and I'm just like, ah, mess. But other times, for the most part, I just like, you know what? We're going to leave that box tape shut. And then it's just where it's going to stay because I don't know how to do it any other way. That's what you're taught. I mean, yeah. what you're taught, and not necessarily openly taught in the military, but the culture is man up. Like any trauma or struggles you're dealing with, roll them up, stuff them in that box, lock that box. You can deal with it another time. And you know they do it, men, women. Um, just the it's starting to change a little bit now, just um, because of the outrageous suicide rate of, of veterans. Um, but it was always been a, Hey, you keep that. That's personal. You have to do your job and you better do it well. And that had better not affect how you, you know, lead people or whatever. And it doesn't work. And you know, every now and then that box get kept out, kicked open and you are in a horrible place for a while until you can pick up the pieces and not deal with it and put them back in there and and it's and when you hear that well, that's conversa that conversation you understand why so many bad things can mm -hmm. happen with so many people just because like you said that box gets kicked over and it's just like just some ugly things happen and it's unfortunate there was this um you're talking about boxes and when i was um and probably the the darkest time when I was, it was just 
equated to um, what I kind of tell the story is Pandora's box. And I think I may have shared this story with you before was, um, you know, Pandora's box. I can't remember the whole story, but was given this box and had all these things inside of it. And she couldn't, um, you know, keep it closed and the box kicked open and out all these horrible things were released into the world, you know, death and plagues and, um, you know, any horrible thing you can think of. And then right when she was about to close it, there was just one more thing about to come out and it was hope. And, you know, it's supposed to be kind of like a good story, but I always was like, what point is just hope not going to be in that box anymore? What point is hope just can't shut it in time and keep hope in that box. And it's horrible and it's sad. And but when you were in your deepest, darkest spot, like, you're like at some point you just know that it's not going to be there and then you're not going to be there. So continually putting your problems back in that box and not dealing with them. Um, as men, we have to find ways. And there are lots of ways. And some of the um, three of the best ways that I help myself now and I tell these to people all the time and I've sent them to you and I will share them. One is to talk about it, to talk to somebody, to talk to a therapist, to talk to a friend, to, you know, get it out in the open. Like, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I am not doing well today. Um, you know, the with um, I don't like burden people with my problems and I don't want my um, issues to become problems with someone else. So like Meg and I kind of have a code word, like when I'm not having a good day, I just, my brain hurts. She's, she knows that, okay, like he's not having the greatest day. Um, so being able to talk about it too, when you're in those deep, dark places and you're not struggling, man, or you're really struggling, stay away from alcohol, stay away from all of those kind of vices, um, especially when you're when you're feeling in your in your bad place, and then say no. Like one of the greatest, and I don't like feeling guilty. And I, I whenever I let people down, especially now, I feel guilty. But being able to say no, like I can't, I can't. Like we all struggle with saying no, but I'm not going to go out to dinner. And I'm not going to go to this family function. Um, I'm tapped out on my ability to just deal with life right now. And I need some time to just unplug, unplug from life. Give me a couple hours and then I'll be back in the game. Yeah. You know? So you got to, you got to take it, whatever terms you use, whether it's, you know, self-care or self-love or, mindfulness or personal time, yeah, personal yeah. time like you, you have to find a way to kind of deal with it or else you're just gonna keep kicking that box over and yeah. i know like i've had a lot of success at work over the past three or four months but this last week i just checked out yeah. i mean i tell allison all the time for me to be successful at work it takes a super high amount of intensity, like just this rah rah Wolf of Wall Street mentality, like yeah, let's go get it, rah, rah, yeah. And that's how you that's how you sell cars. It takes that. It sounds stupid, but really, that's what it is. It's looking in the mirror in the morning and hit yourself in the head, like and get yourself all pumped up. And I mean, 
I had a really good April. I finished strong and I got to May 1st and I literally was like, I am empty. And it took, you know, I finished the beginning of May to the 4th to deliver all my April deliveries. And I spent from the 6th probably till the last week. Alice got me out of town for a couple of days, which you guys know about, just to finally unwind and unplug. And finally, probably about the 14th, I was like, all right, you get, I mean, you've had enough time. You just got to get the apple cart moving again. And, uh, but yeah, I just really, I can know what you mean is I just, I had nothing left in me. I was just tapped. For a lot of us, it's hard to maintain that intensity. And, you know, when I was in the Coast Guard and when we, some of my, um, I love this area, Alpena and Taos, great areas, but not the most um, stressful in my career. They were great places and I'm glad I'm here, but when you start getting into South Florida and Caribbean and stuff like that, the operation tempo was just um, so much more intense. And even then you had built in downtimes, just how you dealt with your issues was up to you, but you know, you might go for seven days straight nonstop with, you know, a dozen hours sleep, but then you got two or three days off when you could. And that was just your time. And unfortunately we didn't know how to deal with it. So you seven days off, or seven days of that high op tempo, you get two days off in, you know, you do Mexico. You have a party. Or, yeah, yeah. Or Mexico or any of the Caribbean islands or Key West or whatever, you're just, all right, let's go just stay awake more and drink and, okay, stumble back and do it all again. You, you just didn't deal with the intensity in the correct ways. And so all that stuff adds up and it's cumulative and it just wears you down. Which kind of brings this episode to full circle. I know for me, and I think, you know, and from what I could tell away, photography has been a really blessing for me. It's, it's been this haven slash outlet slash even an excuse at times for me to just check out of the world and say, I mean, running was that for the longest time for me too. It was, Hey, I, and to this day, why I miss running because every Sunday morning I get up at 7 a.m. and I want to come back till 11 o'clock. I was gone for two and a half, three hours running. I was miserable. I was in pain, but I was I had some time to myself, clear my head, and blah, blah, blah. And I know taking pictures has been really yeah. like that for me. Yeah. Me too. And that's kind of, um, you know, I'm trying to think. I can't think of the years right now, but therapy. She's... Rick, you got to find something to do. You're not sleeping. You're doing things that are unhealthy for you. You have to find some sort of outlet. And I'd always, you know, I think I would like to do this. And so, I, I mean, you and I tell people, like, I started with a phone. I didn't have two cents to my name at the time. And I just had my phone and I would just start taking pictures and showing friends and whatever. And so... Yeah, it was a a creative outlet, but it was a way to get your your brain to switch to a different mode and to flip that switch and say your 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 pictures um, or your art will kind of mimic your mood, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. And so it's just kind of your feelings your feelings coming out. You're not keeping them in, and so you what you take pictures of or what you choose to show through your lens. And I'm doing the air quotes right here, you know, um, 
is is going to mimic your your feelings and your struggle going through that. And I think it's a it's a good way, to, a good safe outlet. For I mean, other than it's expensive as shit, it is expensive as shit, and you have to stop buying things. So I don't want to buy things anymore. <clears throat> Why don't we just yeah. share? Okay, <laughs> we'll go on our friend sharing program. Yeah. So, Bob, anything else? Yeah, keep going. I can tell you want to keep going. No, no, no. I just want to. I mean, I'm hoping people come out. It's great that you know Jeff and the, everybody who, who you know puts these things on um, the theater and then Art and the Loft. Um, these are great things for our community. Um, not just this mental health one. I, you know, I mean, I was at the last one and I missed the first one as well. And just for me, the people you see on the panel are your neighbors. They're your friends. They're high school students. They're college kids. They're, you know, they work at a factory or a grocery store, whatever. There's, um, they have stories and they're being vulnerable and they're letting you into their life and showing you their experiences through whatever topic is chosen for, for that month. And it is a great, um, great way one to get to know who you're living with, but to also um, help you, you know, make your community a little bit better because you can understand people more then you understand different sides to things. And we are so divisive right now. Just being able to see somebody else be vulnerable and go, you know what? One, I respect you too. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know like some of the issues that the women in our community were facing Mm -hmm. and, you know, just to be blunt, one of the panelists called me out up there on stage, right? You remember? Mm-hmm. And um, I apologized to her profusely and felt horrible. And, you know, you just don't understand. You don't know what you, you don't know, I guess, is the right thing uh, right thing to say. And yeah. so it's a great way to, um, you know, see things. Give yourself some exposure. Some exposure, yeah. yeah. I think... Another thing that it's safe to say, and it's just what it is, it's a very safe environment. And I mean that when I sat there at the last one, something was said that I was, that shook me to the core when it was said. Yeah, I know what what you're talking about. And it was just acknowledged and accepted, which is what you want in these situations. And while I know I certainly was the only person that was, upset maybe or it rubbed the wrong way the comment and i don't think the was meant to be the way it came across um but it is in such an open accepting format that even something like that that was taken in that you know upset some people it was still accepted so it's worth talking we're worth people understanding that this is a really safe area where you can talk about things and you can say things, and even things that people don't agree with get accepted, acknowledged, and moved on. So, um, and yeah, that's what we need. I mean, if you're going to have these hard conversations, you you can't put up your your barriers. And if somebody says something that offends you, you can say, "Hey, you know that kind of that, that hurt my feelings or that offended me." But then you have to all right, how are we going to get past this and take some action so that some 
some work can get done in this in this area. And so they do a great job of making everyone feel safe and everyone's opinions and and to feel valued and yeah, it's, oh. a, it's a different kind of thing. I was just had dinner with Jeff before I got here and I said, there's only two moments in that um, forum where I felt like people were looking at me. And there was one was, um, as you know, cause you were there too. They asked, um, if there was a whole bunch of women talking, Brad, were you there? No, okay. I forgot about it. Oh, uh, it's okay. So there's a whole bunch of women there and all these women talking. And finally the a woman grabbed the mic and said, man, I'd really like to hear a guy talk about this. And all of a sudden, it was really only. I mean, there was other guys there, but it was like me and Rick were the main like non, because it was a click, right? A yeah. click of people, and me and Rick were the two nails that stuck out the biggest in, of the board. And I felt like every eye in that room looked at me and Rick, and I just slid down to my chair because I was like, "This is not the time that I'm going to open my mouth." I hope you understand and just accept me for a man. I'm not yeah. comfortable talking about this issue in this type of environment, and. Um, of course, the other thing was the thing that upset me because I was kind of, I was telling Jeff, I was kind of just maxing and relaxing and stretched out. And when that happened, I had a physical reaction to it. I, I like, it caused me to sit right up and like, and then of course my physical reaction made other people look at me because I, I, I jolted up so much, but it is what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to take a break because we're going to go over. We can come back and we'll wrap it up. We'll talk one more. We'll just review this a little bit. So I can't talk about it enough. So So Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Are in the loft. Are in the loft. They'll have beverages there, I believe. I think they Yeah, they did last time. Yeah, it was actually a really nice event. Yeah. And there was plenty of seating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. I think it was done by nine o'clock, couple hours. Oh yeah, that was if it runs till nine. I think we were out earlier than that last time. You're more than welcome to come and listen if you want to listen. Uh, I think usually they kind of open up if you want to say something afterwards. I know there was a couple of people that talked a little bit and got some things out that they wanted to say, which was really cool. So it's a really neat thing that I encourage people to attend because it's always good to broaden your horizons. Yeah. But more importantly. Um, I'm just super, with tons of respect and really proud that that you decided to do it because uh, um, I'll be honest, when I heard what it was, I was like, man, if you ever want to make a phone call, I got a guy that you should talk to. Because like, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know whether it's up to him because it's his story, but these are the conversations we need to be having, just like when we talk. You know. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was a good push, and it was it was the right time. And it's just, um, yeah. All right, so we have a top five today. You, you ready to run it? Yeah, let's go. You also have a thing Thursday morning. So, yes. Oh my gosh! Listening, or if you know, you a are on the ball tonight. Boom, man! I forgot about. It, but you're right. This is one of these things that, um, you know work projects or personal projects, but this is a project that um, my office has been working on for a while. Um, and I'm super excited to do it. And it's one of these things I wanted to start doing for our community. Um, Thursday, 8.30 a.m. at the Marine Sanctuary building. 
um, back in the education room. We're having Alpina's first veterans coffee hour. Um, my office, you know, I work for Nebska now in the senior volunteer programs. My office um, applied for a mini grant through the United Way, and we um, luckily, you know, were, were granted it. And so we are able to put on these coffee hours every fourth Thursday of the month um, for at least a year. And we've been doing this in our Roscommon office for over a year now, and they were an immediate success between 30 and 60 vets show up um, every time we hold it and we bill it as a no agenda event, um, meaning you show up, you can drink our coffee, eat our donuts, eat our fruit, and just talk to other veterans. Um, it's for, um, for local veterans, so it's not completely open to the public, but if you have a, a veteran in your life or someone you know that um, you feel should go, but they don't want to go by themselves, bring them and come. I'll give you a cup of coffee. Um, we are um, we're seeing this throughout different um, populations, but our Northeast Michigan's veteran population, one, we have a lot of vets in our area, to the older ones are starting to isolate themselves and social social isolation is horrible for their health and horrible for their mental health this goes back into that um mental health awareness we were talking about and so um an inordinate uh, larger number of vets are committing suicide than the general population and certain studies show that just getting vets out to socialize and be in the community and be with their peers and people who've gone through struggles and issues just like them um, isn't a cure-all, but it helps alleviate some symptoms. And, you know, if you can get them talking and you get them out of the house and you get them with people, um, them with um, their peers, then um at least you're taking a step in the right direction. So it is literally just a coffee hour. You come 8.30. Um, I don't make you sit through a presentation or a PowerPoint or you don't have to buy anything. You can come in. I'll greet you. You have coffee. You can talk. You can walk around the museum. You can go outside by the darn river and have it. Um, we will have a, a couple um, different organizations that offer um, assistance for vets or for for um, the community there, and they're going to change um, every month, but they'll be there, and I'll introduce them, but after that, they're just going to mingle around. If you want to talk to them, you can talk to them, and um, so yeah, please help get the word out if you have vets in your area, and if you can't come to this first one, um, like I said, every fourth Thursday of the month, we'll be at the same spot. Um, the time's going to change, uh, you know, the first one's 8.30 to 9.30, but here on out to be starting at 9. And I got something for you, too, yeah. when we get off this. Don't forget. Cool. Sam, thanks for reminding me, man. I'm super excited oh, about this. You're on the ball. God, dang it. It's I'm awesome. trying to tell my dad to go. So get him there. I'm going to try to get Tucker to go. Okay. Even Tucker's 10 minutes. I mean, Tucker served in the Korean War. The running joke is that Tucker's my dad, and then he abandoned me to race better. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> When I met Tucker, I was like, he was finally, after about a couple months of working there, he goes, where are you from? I said, South Korea. He was like, oh, I served in South Korea. He goes, where were you at? I was like, I was left in Norfolk and in Seoul. He's like, oh, I was in Seoul. And I go, Dad, 
That's a running joke. Yeah. These men and women deserve to tell their story. And we've talked like, I love stories and I love storytellers, but we are losing, especially our older vets, you know, more and more each day. And so if we don't talk to them or we don't give them a chance to tell their stories or to be heard or seen, then you're, you're missing out on, we're missing out on um, a big part of our culture and history. Dude, super proud again that you did this. I know you were nervous on a whole bunch of different levels because I've kind of been, again, listening to you through the process. And I know you were really excited to be able to get this off the ground. Again, I think it's it's just makes me so happy to see people like you and Brad with this costume run just have friends be able to take it by the horn and just do stuff. to. They just decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to do my part, to, like you said, the backyard, just to make Alpina a little bit better. And it's just fucking awesome. I just love it. Awesome. Cool. What you got? We'll take a break and come back. I don't know how long. All right. Now we're going to do our top five. And this week it is our top five cereals. So going on a happy note. They're all going to talk. And my number five is going to be Life cereal. I don't what? Cinnamon Life? Just regular Life. I'm a simple man. There's going to be some boring this, cereals out here. This is a safe safe space. Acknowledge and move yes. on. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Not it's even my top, list, though. Not even top 50. It is your list. So If Mikey likes it, I can. I have it. an honorable <laughs> mention. My first honorable mention is Wheaties. And I'm going to tell you. And you're complaining about life? Just I'm not done. Hear me out. Wheaties stunk. Worst cereal ever. I cannot tell you how many boxes of Wheaties I ate like this, angry the whole time, only because Michael Jordan was Michael on the box Jordan of Wheaties box. or whoever was on the box of Wheaties. And I would buy that Wheaties box and then suffer through that whole, my mom wouldn't let me buy other cereal so I ate that whole box of Wheaties. But, oh, God, it was terrible. So that's my honorable mention. I just wanted to say that. So number five, Honey Nut Cheerios. It's a good one. Big fan of the Jay Gibsons because we now know Honey Nut Cheerios are gluten-free. So if you know anything about what's been going on in my life, <laughs> then you got to know that there's always a box of Honey Nut Cheerios in our house. So there we go. That probably should be a lot higher than number five. But got a big box. I see five. that you got there. My yeah, number I was right next to it. So it's my number one. It's everybody's number one. There's nothing in that. That's why I said when you said this, but there's no point in doing it now. You guys are wrong. Oh, okay. Hey, all right. We're getting there. My number five. And it's, it's lame, but I ate them this way. Rice Krispies. Yeah. But you had to pour a cup of sugar in them to mix them up to make them into like this rice crispy milk sugar paste. Yeah, that's the only way to eat them. Five, you're up. It's a good one. Really good in rice crispy brownies. All right, my number four is going to be. You haven't decided yet. You like no. you're changing it. You, you. I've got so many on here. We'll go with Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> Number four. Really? Man. I like I'm panicking a little bit. Yeah. You're panicking? Stick with Why? It. Stick with it. This is a safe space. Stick with it. I mean, other than you picked the worst cereal on the planet for you. <laughs> I like life. Why did you pick like a raisin <laughs> brand? It's <laughs> sweet. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. 
Right. I'm a simple man who likes simple cereal. I'm piggybacking off Rick here. It's a tie. Whichever one you want to pick, it doesn't matter to me. It's either Count, Chocula, or Cocoa Krispies, and it's never about the cereal. Yeah. It was all about the chocolate milk you got to drink at the end. <laughs> so whatever one you want to pick, I don't care. But it was the chocolate milk that I got to drink at the end. So there we go. Number four. That's kind of how I feel about my number four. <laughs> Lucky Charms. But you eat the cereal first, and you leave yourself that big freaking bowl of, mar- of marshmallows. If you can make it through without eating one marshmallow, you've got some legit, like... It's rough. You're, it's, hard. It's, it's hard to stick with that thing through the whole way. So Lucky Charms, but that's the only way you can eat them. My niece likes to eat them dry and just eat the marshmallows. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see, number three, make you guys even more pissed. Golden Grams. No, Golden Grams is good. I don't mind that. <clears throat> Man. He's from Ohio. Just let him drink. There it is. Just, just, my number two is really going to be. There's only been like three of those tonight. That's pretty good. What's your <laughs> number three? My number three um, kind of just went along with what uh, you just said. It is Lucky Charms. And I'm the opposite. I would pick through that thing and eat all the marshmallows and they leave all the crappy cereal for my sister. So, <laughs> and now I found out they make just the marshmallows. And I'm Amazon. You can order a bag of the marshmallows. You can't do that. I'm going to do that for your birthday this, this year. These kids Magazine. have it way too easy. Yeah, Magazine. <laughs> what, what is this box on our porch? Just leave it alone. Um, I wasn't even going to put this on my list. And then I'm like, you know what? It's okay. It's mediocre. It's middle of the road. That's why it's number three. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, you dirt bastard. Right You're there. The look, right look, it's it's just written right there. So you don't think I just wrote this along. I don't get it. It's good. But ultimately, every bite that I eat, I'm like, eh. It's fine. It's like kissing your cousin. <laughs> you do that a lot in Ohio. <laughs> oh, Not anymore. I don't live there. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> All right. Number two, frosted mini wheats. Oh, you have a breakfast pound of a 90-year-old yes, man. Exactly. It's refined as it got older. <laughs> Do you have like a poached egg with it in the morning? Or no. <laughs> I play a half a grapefruit right next to it. <laughs> Number two, he's like, I'm never going. This is your idea. <laughs> this is that's the best thing about it. Number two, the cereal that wrecks your mouth, Captain Crunch, peanut butter crunch is my like. It was my all-time favorite cereal growing up. Honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. It trashes your mouth. Even to this day, your mouth is all right afterwards you eat it. But um, I love peanut butter, and that's still to me. I mean, it's a great number two, but it's it's in a number one is in a class by itself. So I mean, number two, fruity pebbles, just for the insane amount of cereal you could get into a bowl. It's <laughs> a lot of cereal, yeah. and you just put just a tiny bit of milk in, there and you roll them. Fruity pebbles. Like cocoa pebbles, they're the same. Yeah. I didn't care for them. That's you know, weird, weird enough. Like growing up as a as a kid, I didn't like chocolate or chocolate milk. So when you go, when I go to kindergarten, I'd be the only kid drinking white milk, and everybody else was getting chocolate milk. And like, I don't, I don't get it, or I didn't get it. So yeah, no, no chocolate, chocolate pebbles or cocoa pebbles. So or our number one, our number Lame. one is cinnamon toast crunch. It's that close, Brad. 
It's not. Really? It's delicious. No, it's really by far the best cereal on the planet. You can eat it dry. The only problem when you eat it My dry is one. your fingers get sticky when you eat it. My number one, you, you can, can eat it dry. You can make some rum chata and you'd have yeah. two things. And all of a sudden, now you're drunk. Um, you can't mix it with rum chata. <laughs> you can mix it with marshmallows and eat it as a snack bar, which I think is great. You can do that with mine. Yeah. And in closing... It tastes amazing, and then when you're done with the milk, you have a tasty treat at the end of that too, as yeah. well. So same with mine. All right, Cookie Crisp, oh, hands down the best cereal. Tiny, don't roll your eyes. Tiny chocolate chip cookies, and then when you're done, you have that bowl of chocolate milk if you want it. I never got into Cookie Crisp. Maybe when it was you the, have all those fake chocolate chips that fall off at the bottom and they're gross, and disgusting. <laughs> Wow. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought this was a safe place. You weren't talking about the chocolate chips. You were talking. That was like something you were driving right into my heart. Like it was about me. Directed from my heart. Like it was about me. Robert? Did the robber take something from you as a child? <laughs> my God. Uh, all right. So that was my number one. But before you close out this one, if you ever want to laugh at – Names, different names for the childhood cereals we grew up in. Walk down the aisles that save a lot for really? the different the cereal yes. names that, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty funny. I should have come better prepared with a few of them, but you'll sit and laugh. Oh, man. Cool. Fun fact, Rice Krispies themselves are not gluten-free, but if you buy the knockoff Rice Krispies, they are. They couldn't afford to put the gluten in them? I think it's because they're made with that wheat barley, the Rice Krispies are, and the cheap ones are just made with puff rice. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. Obviously, again, you know why I know all this stuff. So, it's, <laughs> I find it really – I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like a – probably found that we've ran into. It's like a gluten-free freak. And like, oh, my God, this pod's the best pod ever. And everybody else is like, we're so tired of out here now. It's dietary restrictions. Move on. Cool. So, so do the knockoff cool. rice krispies make the noise too when they're added in water or milk? No, you know, they just only make the I did, sound of like air escaping. So obviously <laughs> a little butter isn't going to hurt Allison, but marshmallows are gluten-free. And, you know, she Allison's got a big sweet too. And she would like, to, I always like, well, I wish we could have rice krispies, gluten-free rice krispies. They used to sell them, but they don't sell them anymore. Some Something in the process didn't enjoy it, so the Kellogg's just 86 them. And then the other day, I was like, oh, my gosh. They actually, these knockoff generic ones are gluten-free because they're just made with rice. So I went home and I made her a whole batch of gluten-free Rice Krispie treats. And that was a very, I had a happy life for like a whole three days. <laughs> so when I make the Rice Krispie brownies, I should use a knockoff yes. one. Yeah. And, I, and actually, Duncan, our Betty Crocker's gluten-free brownie mix, I could serve it to both of you and you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. It is delicious. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You could make it all gluten free, and Allison would just probably. Well, you, ever, you ever hear the dog? You ever see the dog bar? You take it, give him a toy, and then when you try to get it back, he like growls at you. That's what would happen in that situation. She had that plate of gluten free brownies and right there. Somebody like, oh, it's Fourth of July, Allison. Do you mind if I? And you're, <laughs> Interesting. Back off. If she listened to the pod, I'd be scared, but she doesn't. So. Yeah. All right. Let's pull me back.
All right. I guess that's all we got for this week. I like it. <laughs> I like putting it on the spot. That was fine. Um, thank you, Rick, for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Once again, two things now. To Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Art in the Loft. The Mental Health Awareness, um, Let's Talk series. And then Thursday, um, for all you veterans and people who want to bring your favorite veteran, um, I'll be in a coffee hour at the Maritime Heritage Center, 8.30 in the morning. So the first one's put on by Thunder Bay Theater, held at Art in the Loft. Yep. And the second one's put on by NEMSCA. NEMSCA, in partnership with United Way and Thunder Bay Marine Sanctuary. Uh, what are you doing in this holiday weekend, Bradley? I'm going to go to Rick's thing Wednesday, and after that, I don't know. Maybe take your dad Thursday morning. Thursday, yeah. Um, you should bring him. I'll be at work. But no, take some time off. Taking tomorrow off. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing um, the weekend, though? What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. Oh, that's right. You're going the weekend. Yeah. It's a holiday weekend? I don't know. Memorial Day? I know that. I we know made plans. We made plans last Friday. Did we? I'm shaking my head. I'm giving <laughs> Ooh, you I don't know what this is. You said yes too. What are we doing? Going out to the lake? We're going out to the lake. We're going to the country. We're going to the country. I thought it was just some time. I didn't know it was this weekend. What lake? An experience house. Oh yeah, that's right. We did talk about that. That's cool. Sorry, dude. I was, dude. I was so happy about your wedding or engagement. What are you doing this weekend? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna get some good footage of the flags. Yes, I've yet to find a picture that I am happy with of no. the flags. I've got one that is okay. Yeah. Um, there'll be some pictures taken. Um, I'm gonna try to get outside, man. Get outside, get outside, spend some time with friends and family. We are I think our Sunday are taking the Mendox to Mackinac. They have yet to be to Mackinac Island. Are you serious? Yeah. And I told them you guys can appreciate this as frequent Mackinac travelers. I was like, What do you want this trip to be? Do you want it to be like touristy where we hit one or two of the spots and then we get out of there? Yeah. Do you want it to be like nature-y trails? We ride bikes and walk on the trails, or do you want it to be like you just sit somewhere cool and kind of have a beer and then have a? I go, it's weird. The island could be a whole bunch of different things, and in order to really experience them all, you have to go multiple times. You can't just unless you spend the night. You really can't just do them all. Stop doing it all at once. Yeah. So, and then I think I told them to think about it, but I think we're going to do the arch rock, the fort. Grand Hotel, and then walk around downtown, and maybe take a, a bike, a quick yeah. bike ride, horse carriage thing, and then get out of there. Those are all good things to do. Yeah, for your first one. visit. For your first one, yeah. yeah. And Very then nice. we'll stop by the bridge and way home, get a picture or two. And... There we usually go. do it once a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to do it once a year. Yeah. I didn't realize two sad things, or two cool things, well, two things in one makes them sad by, by default. So I didn't realize that Mackinac Island is like New York City for Michigan. Like more people come to Mackinac Island because it's a tourist destination than anywhere else in the state of Michigan. It's like the people travel from all over the world. That in return, since people do that, it's also like one of the sex trafficking hotspots of the the United States. People shuttle people in and out of there all the time. Yeah, I've heard that. With the Canadian waters close by and their ability to do some things. So it's kind of sad. 
Mm-hmm. Good and the bad. Yeah. So, way to bring us down. Happy Memorial Day. So, yeah. So, on that, I'll pivot. And so, tomorrow, um, I don't think I'm doing anything tomorrow. But Wednesday, we're doing I'm going to your talk thing in the evening. Thursday, I'm. Are we at least going to go get our picture taken on Thursday? I think so. I think I'll run by there. We have to at least go up and look at it. Yeah. And then um, Friday. Group runs Thursday. Oh, wait. Don't bring it off, brothers. Why didn't you say that? I just remembered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the intensity. So, yeah, we have a group run Thursday night. I'm going to try. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm fair weather. I ain't running in the cold no. rain. Just being honest. It ain't happening. It wasn't raining last Thursday. It was still it was cold. cold. It was and cold. windy. Yeah. I am a fair weather runner. Awesome brothers. It's incentive. I'll tell, talk to you about that in a minute. So, like, <laughs> it, that is a great incentive. So then Thursday, we have that. Friday, possible, or Saturday, possible yeah. party out there. And then Sunday, I'm headed out to there. And then I'll probably go plant flowers in my mom's Monday. So. Perfect. Maybe. Sometime soon, I'll go do that. I don't know when, but. Um, it needs to be done. I'm, believe it or not, I'm excited about it because I don't know. I think we've talked about this maybe once in the pod, but it took me a while to get my mom buried with my sister and getting it all coordinated. So now that she's finally in a resting place, it'll be cool to finally. And we did it late in the fall, and it was cold and yucky, and you know it was almost snowing out. So it'll be nice to kind of clean the place and get it. My mom used to do that every Memorial Day. She'd go down and put flowers for her parents and make sure they were dressed to the nine. So I'm going to do it. Good for you. Yeah. So next week, I believe we're having on Jerry Paul hockey from home Depot. He will talk to us about the flags that are out for the veterans. Cause he's one of the main people that do that. So I'm excited about that. And then week after that, we hit the road. Yep. You're more than welcome to come with us if you want. Where are you going? We are headed out to Harrisville to the Brew Pub. Our guest will be Molly Barnstapansky. Oh, man. Molly's great. From the local difference and Preskill Farms. They're hosting the magazine lunch out there at the new brewery. So we will hit the road. And I asked her, I got a real good chance to finally talk to her this weekend. Brad was right there when we did it. And then um, I was like, man, that sounds really cool. You want to? Um, I know Alice and I were going to try to go out there for the magazine launch, and I was like, hey, man, if you're going to be there, you want to do the pot? She's like, yeah, sure, why not? And I asked Brad if he was cool, and he's down for the clown, so I think that's what's going to go on. That'll be, be a good one. And then we'll be in June, well in the June, so. All right. Cool. My son made states. He did. So. Throwing fiend. He, um... He was pretty excited. Yeah. I mean, you you know, but his sister, <clears throat> he looks up to his sister. His sister's everything new. And the fact that he's been able to do the exact, actually one-up his sister, <laughs> that he can't even fit his head in the house right now. So, um, yeah. So, that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming once again. Thanks for having me. It was everything I wanted, and I really appreciate you on a whole bunch of different levels. So. Thanks, brother. Before we go, I just wanted to, we do have some race sponsors already, so I just wanted to give them a uh, shout out. Definitely. We have five, and then we have Banner Realty, Thunder Bay Family Dentistry, Alpina Buick GMC, 
MBank and Thunder Bay Accounting. So thank you to our sponsors so far. I cannot believe how early you've started this. Yeah. I'm surprised I've gotten so much already. I, I'm honest. I'm, I'm happy. We're six months away. So. And angry all at the same time. So. You know, I like to get things started. Right? And I, I know you do. And it annoys me in this situation because, like, fundraising is hard for me, just speaking personally. And this type of thing, I wouldn't like to start at least minimum after the 4th. Like, but at least let summer get started. You're doing something that's almost in winter. And you're fundraising for now, but I respect it. Yeah. I understand it. It just makes it hard to get like to have conversations. That's all. But I'm with you. So well, I ask for help. But... I know you get full. You get me. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it my way. I I cannot. I'm not going to ask people. All I did was no. send out letters. I didn't I go know. anywhere. I know. So that's good. So all right. Anyways, all right. Next week. See ya. Thank you.